1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji and The last stage recap of this year's Tour de France. I'm pretty excited. I mean, the last oh, 10 stages have been a little bit muted, but today I really enjoyed it, even though some people don't like the procession. I love the last half an hour of this. Uh, it's the traditional stage. Whatever it is, 100Ks, doesn't matter. They do like the first two hours at 17Ks an hour. It's all about the last 40Ks or an eight-lap circuit of uh around the Louvre and Champs-Élysées. The finish is about 300 metres or a few hundred metres longer than normal out of the last chicane right-hander. So you, you can move up some spots out of that right-hander. You don't need to be third or fourth wheel necessarily. Uh, Favourites of the stage were obviously Cavendish, Schwab, and our Philipson, and a big drop-off from there. Hope, we are hoping Greifel could get a good uh, result. I just want to give, before we get into it, a big shout-out to Lacol, our show partner at the, at the start. They've supported us and Benji reminded me, you know, we only started this podcast less than a year ago and uh, before it's grown amazingly thanks to all your support as well. But uh, yeah. before, it, before it had grown, uh, LeCol got on board. Uh, they enjoyed what we are doing, our technical analysis, and they have a technical focus on performance cycling apparel as well. So if you want to use our discount code LRTDF20 during the last few days of this Tour de France or the next day or so, can get in now and use that for 20% off all already discounted items. Uh, so thanks to Lacole for supporting the podcast. But Benji, I think you watched some of the ceremonials allegedly. Um, hmm. Is there anything really well, notable that happened?
2: <laughs> I think I watched about 20 seconds of the initial like 80 kilometers, but I did watch interesting things because every time I was watching, I noticed something that I probably just coincidentally saw a fun moment. I thought in the initial parts, you always have that champagne moment where they go to the front with the entire team of UAE they had special shirts on today i i like them to be honest it's kind of different kind it's of like looks sky, like, they're, like the sky uh, ones right yep, like, exactly, yeah exactly with a yellow uh, yellow yeah. line in the middle kind of reminded me of their nc's that are horrendous but anyway <laughs> to be honest the initial like champagne part is always pretty boring to me i feel like that's for after the race but that's a personal take but um the action pretty much started when uh, they went to the front with tree riders, uh, the Slovenians, Mohoric, Mezgetz, and Pogacar. Well, action. And they pulled out, <laughs> <laughs> Mohoric pulled out the race number of Roglic out of his back pocket. And that was honestly really surprising. And half of Twitter was like saying, oh, this is this is odd. <laughs> half of Twitter was like, "This is this is so cute. And I'd
1: like to know your respected opinion of it. I mean, it's kind of like, did Roglic die? (laughs) Like, why are they doing an in-memoriam thing? I know, they didn't mean it in that way. and I mean, yeah, maybe you liked it. It's nice, I guess. Maybe, uh, are the Slovenian writers all friends? Uh, A lot of media assume they're all friends. Maybe they're not. I mean, where the podcast is big in Slovenia, we love all the Slovenian fans. Could you let us know? Because sometimes, you know, you can make an incorrect assumption that just because people are on the same nationality or race a lot together that they are friends. But... uh, it was a nice gesture, the intent of it, just a little bit odd, especially because Jumbo Visma, you don't need to really feel that sorry for them at this Tour de France, <laughs> to be honest. Doing <laughs> exactly. Really, really well. Anyway, the other weird thing I noticed was Movistar, who last time they were on the front of the race was for about 10 minutes chasing Carapaz on stage seven. The next time they're on the front of the race on TV was today for like an hour with Valverde sitting with two riders in front of UAE. I was like, guys. You know what? Six on GC, didn't win a stage, did, um, didn't win a jersey, didn't win the team's classification. I know that we think it's a bit of a joke, but it's still, it's TV time. Get the fuck out of there. It's UAE time and go to the back. Um, yeah. That's my respective view on... I think they were just trying to be cheeky and take up camera time. But anyway, uh, on to the actual circuit. I wait, think wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, there's wait. other stuff in the there ceremony. A big
2: action. <laughs> I don't know if it was already on the circuit or just beforehand, but there was this moment where... Gilbert was doing something and moving to the front. I'm not sure whether it was in his attack when the circuit started or just beforehand, and he actually got caught by a speed camera. So a bit of an anecdote, he's probably going to get a fine closer to, to him at home. <laughs> he's going to prison. <laughs> yeah, no. <nah. laughs> probably not. But uh, I found that a funny moment. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, back to the circuit, I guess.
1: <laughs> so my feelings for today were um, that you can put the De Koenig, to beat the De Koenig train and maybe this doesn't apply to Jumbovism because they don't have the riders, you need to put them under a little bit of pressure uh, beforehand to make Alaphilippe, Asgren, and Ballerini chase beforehand so that they don't have five guys stacked up with 1,500 to go, which at that point, you're done. Uh, and that that's exactly what happened. We saw Perstelberger and Pollitt, literally the two guys we mentioned yesterday, both at the same time trying to attack. We then saw big attacks, quick-step getting in those moves because it was like... Eight dangerous riders. They had Asgren, leap in it, and when we saw, was it maybe Jonas Roach trying? But then it was Benji's favorite rider, Valgren, getting in a move uh, with Harry Sweeney. Brent van Moor got in some moves as well. But the, the one, the first one was, I think, Sweeney van. Oh, oh sorry, if I'm too confused. And Gilbert, right? Yeah, I'm keep getting the teams confused. There was a, a break of four. One of them was Casper Pedersen. at oh, the yeah, time okay. In the group yeah. of four for DSM, strong ruler. He pulls off that break. He he was blocking it, not contributing to it, to go back and work for Case Bowl. And I was I was shocked by it, honestly. I thought, we saw the other day, he got third in a stage, right? It's still better than what Case Bowl's doing from a break. So, yeah, I think Casper Pedersen should have helped. Benji and I are going to talk about uh, DSM later. But what was the next move to, or maybe the last move to be brought back, Benji, with, say, 10, 12 Ks to go?
2: Well, I know it included Bissegur and Gilbert, but I honestly forgot the third rider. (laughs) But uh, they actually held on for quite a bit. And it's been like that for quite a while now that those three riders or those four riders that get away at that point are like pushing really hard to try and survive. And it's like 20 seconds, the entire Charles Elyseep portion and... well, I feel like the Koenig was already spending energy in the last 10 kilometers trying to close that down. I don't know which was the first round. I think Ant was trying to control it. They had the Cleric pace as well during the entire Champs-Élysées section, setting up tempo behind those riders. So they clearly were looking for a sprint or perhaps a sneaky bit of an attack as well in the last portion with Ausgrain, if that suited at that point. But <laughs> in all honesty... Mate, th-
1: we're not the DS... <laughs> There's no way ever.
2: Imagine. I said it yesterday. They would never do that. The Queen would, would fly
1: to <laughs> Udnar. Where's the service course of Quickstep? And she would beat the shit out of Patrick Lefebvre if they attacked with Asgren. Brian Holm would have to defend Lefebvre against Just her. for anyway. him
2: to win the sprint in the background, Gavinish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm tired after the end of this tour, as you can tell. Um, so what I did notice, though, was the Quickstep train was a little bit jumbled. Alaphilippe had, had to take over with quite a – like four or five k's to go. He was then done early. Ballerini, I think, might have had a mechanical as well. Cavendish had been sitting deep for a lot of the time, six k's to go, totally normal, moves up, and then they got sort of four guys left with three k's, four k's to go. The problem was they were being helped by, uh, not DSM, by Alps and Phoenix doing a lead out, but then their guy pulls off. And yeah. now we're into like two k's, 1,500 meters to go, maybe a little bit more, 2.5. And Quickstep don't take it up, which is a choice. And we've seen them do this in other stages, not just in the Tour de France, where they have the four guys, they want the fourth guy to start at 1600, 1500, and that's what they're going to do. And they're going to try and hold position until before then, rather than burn him at three k's to go. That's what they did at Press with Van Lee Berger pulling at like three k's to go. And then they got cooked with Merkel on the front with 800 meters to go. And the problem, Benji, is literally every team decided to absolutely launch it and move up, right? Who <laughs> was there? Exactly.
2: I think one of the early attacks was Kwiatkowski with Thomas in the wheel. Yeah. That didn't really get a gap. Quickstep was quick to respond to something like that. But I think the biggest move was when Paulet decided to move to the left side of the road. with I think Bursselberger on his wheel, the one you mentioned yesterday for a potential late attack, and Paulet hammered it. He yeah. straight up hammered it. And I saw half of the team of the König just moving back, moving back. The ones you just said, the ones that you're there, that they're trying to keep for the last 1,600 meters. And you know, then that Cavendish is not really in the first ten riders anymore. First 15, then he's like 20th position, 25th going into the last like kilometer yeah. and a half. So they're going to have to try and move past by the end, but it was EF that took control together with one rider from Cofidis, so I'm guessing for Court Nielsen and also for Laporte, those two riders, and also the team of matches also, um, but I don't remember them actually taking the front, I think they were in the wheel of the EF rider that was pushing them towards that tunnel. And uh, that's when we saw on the left side of the road, the Koenig hopelessly trying to get Cavendish back to the front.
1: Yeah, and they did, listen, they did an okay job. This wasn't a completely like disaster where like sometimes in the Giro, Benji, Ewan is like 50th wheel with 500 metres to go with three guys around him and you're like, what's going on here? Um, but the, the difference was the De Kernic guys are all spread out. We've got 1,100 metres to go, 1,200. We're about to enter the chicane. they have got one man on the front and there's an intermarche rider for Van Poppel, uh, Morich for for. Fred Wright I think or Caldwell who's not even there and then there's another deconic rider then there's well but then there's Tournest in front of Van Aert, lovely positioned fifth and sixth wheel and then I think there's Merku in front of Cavendish on the right hand side of it so that's actually not a disaster Benji think about UAE where it was just Merku and Bennett right sometimes and Merku would just come up in the last 300 Paris Nice I think one of the stages he did something similar so that's not a disaster the problem was I think Waverman and Turnsten had the better line on the left-hand side. They were on then the right, and then they move into the chicane where you want to go. You turn to the left and then turn right. And Cav got squeezed a bit back, and then he was entering that chicane sixth wheel again. Not a disaster, but he's now behind, he's in front of Merku. So I I'm struggling to see because the, the way the camera shot it, where how he slides in front of Merku. Maybe that was just the plan at that point where they made a decision. Hey. This is not going ideally, but I'll put you on my wheel, fifth wheel going into the, you know, it's 500, 600 meters to go. That That's fine. And that's what happened. So going to that right hander, into Maché Ryder leading out for, and then there's, I don't even know who the quick-step guy was, but it was basically then and Van Art, uh, Cavendish, and then on the right is the Rickart and Phillips and sort of doing their own thing, eating a lot of wind. And uh, when you saw that position, Benji, like, how is that different, that setup, to a lot of the sprints we've seen so far?
2: Well, the big difference is that Cavendish is now behind other sprinters, behind Raoul Fanard. And in the past, every single sprint we've had so far, he was basically in front of the sprinters due to the help of their team. And I think the only sprint that that doesn't apply to is the first one he won, where he was, I think, in the wheel of Buhani or... Philipson. Philipson, sorry. Yes, Buhani was in third wheel after Cavendish going into that final bend. And then he was able to go past Phillipson, but Fonard is not Phillips, And We've seen already that Fonard, when he launches early, he's very strong and he launched relatively at a decent length from the finish line to not really allow Cavendish to like sh- just straight up go past him there. And it did help him. And I think that from that point onwards, we just had a, uh, a sprint between the Lions. We had Wout Fanat trying to open it early, Cavendish in second wheel and Philipson also trying to go for it.
1: Yeah and Mike Turnerson did a magnificent job for Art today. I mean he mm-hmm. launched from like 450 500 and dropped he left that signature you know just left enough space on his left-hand side for art to fit through and the whole time the minute I said I was like wow keep the door shut which is you think keep the door shut Lantern why are you advocating for dirty sprinter tactics no 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 Art's on the barrier or sprinting launching a sprint on the barrier and then you've basically got Turnison if he keeps sprinting, which you often see do, blocking his right. Cavendish on his wheel to the left-hand side. He's boxed in with Philipson on his right, Wilde in front of him, and then the barrier to his left. So Wilde just needs to keep sprinting in a straight line, which he does with the not much space to the barriers. Philipson has to come around the right-hand side of Turnerson and he came pretty quickly, and it might have affected his sprint a lot, Philipson, uh, and then comes back, and he's the big Difference that boxes in Cavendish as well, and just it, this reminded me of Tirreno Stage One a lot, Benji. When Wahlenart opens early from the front, even with people behind him, yeah, he's 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 super fast, and he beat you in there. It reminded me of his sprint, one of his sprint wins last year, and just an incredible win from Wahlenart. He timed his bike throw terribly, and um, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just a fantastic win from him after winning the TT yesterday, after winning the Von Two stage. What's that now, Benji? Four wins for Jumbo Wismar at the Tour and second on GC. But how impressed were you? Like, Is this what you've been asking, Van Aert, to do all Tour, I guess?
2: Well, it depends on the sprint stage. We wanted him to go for uh, these kind of sprints to take their opportunity. When it comes to the initial mountain stage, we were a bit like, oh, we need some support for Vingega as well, and at least some rider needs to stay behind. Uh, they eventually got away with a Von 2 victory while having a rider or two behind for Vingegaard. That was perfect. Then the next mountain stage was a bit... Mm, oh, they don't have a, they, they have all riders in the breakaway, and that was a bit dangerous, but it's a risky move that paid off gloriously. So perfect move there. cus eventually ends up winning that stage. And I think that they played their cards pretty damn well with the cards they were given. The first week was devastating for them, and Tony Martin hit the ground about... 70 times yeah. so that's really unfortunate and like ironically this tour de france has a better outcome than last year's for them and cra- then they had it crazy
1: like- <laughs> they had one lead out man they had one guy to do the lead out <laughs> and he's fourth wheeled in the right hander on chantilly yeah. say and this is why it's just a it's a different stage to a normal road stage and yeah perfect from turnison waffenart couldn't stop thanking him in the interview afterwards and um I think while said in the interview, oh, it's almost a shame I've won because I've got a flight to Tokyo and <laughs> I'm going to have to do interviews for six hours now afterwards. That's what he said <laughs> to the English press. Um, but, yeah, let me just do the final stage results just quickly. I know we're always terrible at that housekeeping. Belgian won two, duo boxing in Cavendish, Van Aert then Philipsen. Cavendish, Mesgetz was leading out Matthews, but Matthews couldn't get out of his wheel. Mesgetz came fourth, Greipel fifth. That's actually quite nice for Greipel. Um, yeah. Fifth is a good result. Van Poppel sixth, also. Then Matthew Zaramburo Siddle Barter, Valshte tenth. Uh, I, I don't want to keep being so negative, but the reason I brought up the Casper Pedersen thing is because you know Casebolt did end up coming twenty first, so it's it just doesn't it's not worth it to me to be doing what they did with Casper Pedersen. Yeah, um, I agree. Cole thirteenth as well. Like Benji, do you think Bahrain like think Cole can win flat bunch sprints because he can't?
2: Yeah, it's it's like it's pretty obvious to us as well like at this point he's a better climber than a sprinter. And that's harsh to say but it's true.
1: He's Diego Ulisi, but better. Oh, uh, yeah, I think that yeah,
2: that's actually a good point. Maybe a little bit less a weird, good on the
1: steep stuff. A weird
2: comparison, but it kind of makes sense. <laughs> <Yeah. But laughs> he's, like- our, he's the ultimate climbing sprinty boy right now, if you don't count Vinod, because Vanard's more than a climbing sprinty boy. <laughs> he's pretty good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to do, obviously, the Tour de France proper recap tomorrow, and that might be out either tomorrow or Tuesday, depending on how organized I am. And so we'll do all the GC, the jerseys, and all of that sort of stuff then. Uh, but I think, yeah, anything else to take away from this stage, Benji? Anything you've seen on Twitter, anyone announced any snap retirements? Um, maybe we'll talk- <laughs> on and more, super combativity. Yeah,
2: uh, deserves it. Like deserve It was it. apparently between him and Wout Fanard. And I feel like Frank Bonamur has been in lots of breakaways. He yeah. did very well. He kind of comes in unexpected because I didn't see it coming that he was so good. Like Quite genuinely, I thought he was a French rider on BNB hotels, and that's all I knew from him. And now I know that he can. Climbed decently. He's got a decent flat base because he attacked again today together with Gauthier. That yeah. shows the combativity of that rider, and he went on the podium today with super combativity, and I'm happy about it because, well, you could say, I think that part of it is also that Wout van Aert won so much next to it that they're like, let's give this to the guy yeah, that no, actually didn't so. end up with anything, because Wout van Aude obviously deserves it too, but I think Bonamour deserves it more because. He didn't get the outcomes he hoped, but it was always combative to try and get it. And that's what I uh, enjoy from it a lot. But all in all, it's awesome to see another Belgian win on the Champs-Élysées. Um, and I do want to kind of remind you all that we are very thankful of your support during this Tour de France. This is the final stage, but we're going to recap another thank you for for the recap podcast. But I already wanted to say thank you a lot because this was a another journey, our second Tour de France at LRCP.
1: Yeah, no. Second Tour de France, first Olympics coming up. We'll obviously have an Olympics preview dropping on Wednesday and then recaps of the men and women's races separately in the ITT. We one podcast. I believe I sort of organized all that today. We've got Classica San Sebastian coming up quickly, then straight into the Vuelta. It, it never stops. Uh, it's crazy. European
2: Championships, World Championships. When's that?
1: European. Oh, Jesus. I always forget they exist. Um, <laughs> all right hope you've been enjoying the podcast if you have enjoyed all our tour de france recaps um big thing you can do to help the channel which is free is obviously subscribe to the youtube channel or subscribe to the podcast on your relevant podcast player or give us a review i actually really love the podcast reviews um most of them are trolling me (laughs) they they have memes yeah they're actually hilarious um and yeah it's compared to the size of the the podcast and how long it's been out it's crazy to see that support so if you could review us as well uh that's great but most of all thanks to la pole for supporting the podcast uh they produce performance cycling apparel and as i said use code lrtdf20 if you want to get 20 percent off their kit uh during the tour de france but until the recap tomorrow ciao